Welcome to Let Love, a podcast with the Sisters of Life. We invite you to join us for conversation, looking at life through the lens of love. You are loved, you are made in God's image, and your life matters. Let's talk about it. Testing one, two, three. This is Sister Annie Stay. This is Sister Veritas, and we're back with Let Love Podcast. With the Sisters of Life. And it is such a gift to be back. I love talking about the beauty of the human person. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love thinking about this from different angles, through different lenses. Today, we want to talk about the art of being yourself. Awesome. Yes. I think it's one of the most evasive Mm -hmm. and yet real things. And it's also something that seems kind of transient and unattainable. And yet it's totally within reach in every moment to claim for ourselves, to live forth from, and actually really a key, uh, a base camp, a core of capturing, receiving, breathing, living in the beauty of life. Mm -hmm. Your own, others. And actually, I was thinking, you know, there's a lot of songs, stories, poems, epics about love, but this would be like... uh, a theme that really rivals, right? Like mm-hmm. there is so much out there about being yourself, becoming who you are, uh, getting to your potential. I mean, like every Disney movie, yeah. every kindergarten room. I mean, we tell kids this all the time. Mr. Rogers, this was <laughs> what put him in the television hall of fame is being that you are good, you are a gift and to be mm-hmm. that gift. It's so true. And I think being around kids actually really kind of helps like revive this reality in our minds. Mm-hmm. I was just uh, presenting to a bunch of um, grade school students and it really, you're just, you're just so moved by each of them being so themselves. Mm-hmm. It's, they're so cute. But also I was thinking of this story. Um, some of our sisters experienced at uh, one of our missions, one of the women they were serving and they were throwing a birthday party for her like four-year-old daughter that's awesome and one of the sisters leans down and says hey like what do you want to be when you grow up and the little girl without skipping a beat she's like i want to be myself (laughs) (laughs) but it's good answer it's like that's great you know that's it because i think also we can waste a lot of energy trying to be somebody else Mm -hmm. and actually what we all want deep down is like i actually want to be myself i want to know that i'm good Mm -hmm. i want to know that i have a place in this world you know that i'm important and that that i'm seen and known and loved you know and yeah, how do we do this? How do we, what is the art of being yourself, right? Amen, sister. Well, even the other day, a sister was talking about um, a paper that she wrote in college Mm -hmm. about how every person has an important place in history. Wow. And I love that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just this reality of no matter how big or small uh, your role might be, whatever your job might be, wherever you might be living, whatever country, whatever land, it's like, you're there and you're there for a reason mm-hmm. and you are who you are and you're, you are who you are for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, God made each of us so intentionally and with a particular gift to bring. And we talk about this all the time, but coming back to it, because I know it's the most important thing to remember, mm-hmm. uh, even in my own pilgrimage home or accompanying others or, you know, the stories that you encounter each and every single day, you realize this is at the heart of it. Mm -hmm. And it's the heart of, as we're talking about the beauty of the human person, the beauty of human life Mm -hmm. is claiming this gift of being. Yeah, Uh, And we're going to try to make it practical and accessible uh, because I think it is actually when you get to the heart of things. Totally. Totally. You want to kick us off with a prayer, sister? I'd love to. 
Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus. Jesus, thank you so much for creating us in your image and likeness. Thank you for making us unique and unrepeatable. Lord, right now we place our trust in you. We believe, Lord, that you love us, that you see us, that you know us, that we have an irreplaceable place in your heart, that you desire us. You desire our freedom, our flourishing. And Lord, we ask right now the grace that we can deeply um, claim your love for us and and let that love uh, fill us to overflowing and actually help us become more and more who we are. We entrust ourselves to you and all the needs and intentions of our heart to you and to our blessed mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Victory, pray Pray for us. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, as we dive into this this episode, it's like, yeah, kind of three things we're going to be looking at. You know, being. What does it mean to be even, right? Mm-hmm. And then jumping into, you know, in terms of being ourself, what does that kind of enable us and ennoble us to do and to live? And how does it kind of protect us from um, from things that try to steal our peace or try to uh, bring us into loneliness? Like this, how does it actually flourish uh, the beauty of our, our persons? Mm-hmm. And then finally, you know, how to, like practicals, like how, how can I mm-hmm. actually lean in practically mm-hmm. and, and be myself in the day-to-day? That's awesome. Yeah. I can't wait. Well, even to kick us off here with being, because yes, it can seem, I remember the first time I kind of heard of that concept. I think it was my friends who were taking philosophy in college. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you, what do you mean by this? But even just to go back to the beginning, and we've talked about this sister, but I would have to say it's one of the most important things for us to remember, right? Going back to the beginning, going back to this, the book of Genesis, uh, this book where we see everything coming to be, essentially, mm. coming into existence, right? God said, let there be light. There was light. Uh, he made distinctions between the light and the darkness. He named light day. He named the darkness night. Uh, the creatures, everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, and to look around, even at creation, like look out your window right now and look at the trees, look at the sky, look at the clouds. Uh, there is someone behind all of this. And there's someone behind each person as well. Mm -hmm. And in a sense, tapping into this reality that you is, that Mm -hmm. we are, that God has shared his life with each one of us and that everything came to be in and through him. Mm -hmm. You know, that there's something that never dies and that's God, Mm -hmm. this eternal life, Mm -hmm. uh, this he who is being itself. And when you ask, well, why? Why did God do all this, right? Mm -hmm. So that we could come down here and make a big mess of it. And, um, you know, because there can be a lot of pain and Mm -hmm. sorrow and difficulty in life. There can be so much struggle. Like each day, yeah, there's struggle. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I, I could name a few (laughs) (laughs) at the top of my mind, right? Amen. But, But why? Like ultimately, why did God bring everything into existence, you and me, every little creature and critter, but out of love? Mm-hmm. Uh, that is why that's why i'm here mm-hmm. uh, out of love uh that 
I was in the mind of God and he brought me into life. You were in the mind of God. He brought you in to life. And to have that appreciation, we have to start there. That we are. Mm-hmm. That you is. Uh, and to actually pause to consider the implications, the consequences, the realities that come with that. Yeah. And to lean into that reality. Like mm-hmm. everything about you, you know, is intentional. Like the shape of your nose, um, your eyelashes, you know, the color of your hair, mm-hmm. you know, the, the curve of your ear, like all of that, the Lord willed and desired. Like, mm-hmm. and, you know, our bodies, our souls, everything. Yes. And actually, you know, especially when we, we can, you know, struggle with comparison or with, you know, envy, things like that. It's like to come back, come back to this reality. I am because I am loved by I am, mm. you know, God Almighty. I'm not a mistake. I'm here for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, uh, I'm going to be pulling a bunch from Carol Houslander in this episode, but from the Read of God. It's an awesome book. It's so good. You just want to like, it's like dessert. You just want to eat it. She says, quote, every person living is, besides being one of the human race, himself. And in order to make the raw material of himself what it is, innumerable different experiences and different influences have been used. Right. And it's like, we're so unique. We're so unrepeatable. And it's powerful knowing like the Lord doesn't want you to be Susie or Bobby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he wants you to be you. You know, I was thinking of actually the Avengers, which now I'm like a big fan of. Yeah. Thanks to you. I just want to thank Amen. you. Thank you, my sponsor. Um, but actually it's like, you know, I don't want Iron Man to be Captain America. That would be a loss. I want him to be himself. There it is. Like you lose, you actually lose if, if people aren't themselves. Yeah, sister. You know? Big time. I love all of that. It's it's so important and it's so important we say it again and reflect on it again and bring it into our senses because that's where we need to begin. You know, the first question of the day is not where I'm going, uh, what do I want to become even, mm-hmm. but acknowledging that I am. That in a sense, my first vocation, my first call of the day is to be um, and to be present to uh, all the realities that are connected to that, that I'm loved, that God made me out of nothing, uh, that if I'm bored or confused by life, you know, that we can wonder so much about what life is about, uh, where we're going, not recognizing that we are, mm-hmm. and that with that, um, I'm connected to the life of God. He's mm-hmm. sharing his life with me. I mean, we've said this so many times, but I think if we don't start here and we don't rest here and we don't anchor ourselves right here, it's like we miss out. We end up kind of pigeonholing ourselves in uh, an idea of who I think mm-hmm. I am rather than pulling back to consider what did God have in mind mm-hmm. when he made me? Or I throw myself into a profession and that becomes my identity. That becomes my my everything. And pulling back to say, wait a second, that's secondary to the incredible, outrageous, infinite gift mm-hmm. um, that comes with being alive mm-hmm. in God and, and with life itself. In a sense, we don't want to sell out to anything less than this ultimate uh, reality that uh, God has made me and he wants to reveal to me who I am in and through love. And that love is the mode in which I come mm-hmm. into becoming who I am. Um, me being being loved and loving then moves into, we write the task of the mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. the occupation, the profession, the relationships in my life, right? Mm-hmm. But it's so strengthening and anchoring to start, 
there. Yeah. At least I know it totally changes the day for me. Totally. And I think this is why as religious, we start the day with prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we start the day by getting on our knees and saying, Lord, <laughs> have mercy, <laughs> consulting the creator yeah. and saying, okay, lead me, mm-hmm. lead me. You have a plan. I'm in your hands. Let's go. Yeah. Um, but lifting our hearts in that faith, that hope, that trust, that anchors us most deeply in the life mm-hmm. that we've been made to live in for time and eternity. Sister, that's so beautiful. And it's so important because it's, what are we called to do? We're called to let love be the source of everything in our life. And when we don't, or we don't root ourselves in that identity, what happens? We dry up. We, you know, things don't work. It reminds me of this experience I just had. Um, uh, I was in Austin for a little bit. For a, We were there for a, a conference. And they were telling us about how the week before in Austin, the airport had run out of fuel. Wow. So it basically grounded all these planes, huge lines. Like people couldn't move because there was no fuel wow. to fuel any of the planes. And it's like, wow, that's actually, to me, it was a great image of this. Like when we we don't root ourselves in our identity, we don't root ourselves in love and let love speak to us who we are. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's no fuel for anything. It's no fuel for the planes. There's hour and a half long lineups, everything, you know, delays, everything um, goes awry because we're not rooted actually in what we're made for and who we are. Um, so I really think it's so important what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, the power. And, and I think it's not like, you know, once a week thinking about this reality, it's like every day, actually, (laughs) you know, every day and actually throughout the day, every moment, um, he's choosing me at every moment. He's loving me at every moment. And that nothing is outside of his love, right? Nothing's Mm -hmm. outside of his love. Um, I, again, another quote from Carol Hauslander, she says, each one of us, as we are at the moment when we first ask ourselves, for what purpose do I exist? Is the material which Christ himself through all the generations that have gone to our making, has fashioned for his purpose. That which seems to us to be a crumbling point, a lack, a thorn in the flesh, is destined for God's glory as surely as the rotting bones of Lazarus, as surely as the radiance of Mary of Nazareth. End quote. It's it's like nothing's outside of his love. Amen, sister. And to actually let ourselves live that, as you were saying, so beautifully. Yeah, sister. No, well, and here it is. It's like, I love a lot of the images you're putting on the canvas here. Because, yes, as I'm kind of anchored in this in this place, this awareness, this wonder that mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. And why? You know, I don't quite know why. I might have some inklings. Mm-hmm. Uh and yet that's going to unfold throughout a lifetime if mm-hmm. I, as I give God permission, as I let love, so mm-hmm. to speak. But it is, it's like our best, broadest point, right? Everything else is too narrow. Like even, okay, when someone like, have you ever had the experience of someone like either like judging you saying like, mm-hmm. this is the way that you are or mm-hmm. that's the only thing you know how to do or, mm-hmm. you know, reflecting back to you, um, in a sense, something that can feel very diminishing, right? Like, wait a second, that's only like one inch of me. You Mm -hmm. only saw like one side of me. Like, Mm -hmm. hold on, there's a whole reservoir of of sparkle that you didn't see Mm -hmm. that that I know I was trying to give, right? Mm -hmm. But it can, you feel diminished, right? Mm -hmm. And I think these are beautiful moments in that they help us to reflect on, wait a second, I am so much more. Mm -hmm. The person next to me is so much more. We're all doing our lousy best to allow 
love to unfold us and to strive in love and we're going to fall short. And I think appreciating that with this, because it can feel so like, yeah, it's beautiful to be, but then like I take two steps out the door and like I fall into a pothole. Mm -hmm. Um, Amen. But even when you're in that pothole, pulling back into this place is what is going to keep uh, the perspective, allow you to make decisions better, uh, allow you to have vision, mm-hmm. right? When the crisis comes, and it's going to, um, allows you to have perspective when everything seems to be a wasteland. And I guess uh, it kind of pulls me into someone who I was recently uh, reading about and listening about, um, which I think brings us into our, our second point, which is the beauty and the power of being and what it can actually do for us, especially when mm-hmm. the pothole comes, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever heard of Takashi Nagai. Yeah. Just let me just a little bit here, you know, pieces and parts. Pieces and parts. <laughs> well, no, I was I was totally blown away because I think I've I've heard of him mm-hmm. in dribs and drabs, but it wasn't until recently that I really listened to his story. And basically the long and short of it is that he uh, was a physician and he lived in Japan and he was bright and brilliant. And actually a good portion of his life was an atheist. Mm. Uh, But then he encountered the faith, the Catholic faith. And he also encountered a very beautiful woman who later became his wife. Mm. And apparently the lived faith of his wife, this powerful powerful witness to love was the catching force of him able to yes step into the the depths of the catholic faith and eventually became catholic himself but the story goes that he was one of the few survivors of the atomic bombing of nagasaki in 1945 Uh but this reality that i mean this was such a devastating um bomb right pretty much destroyed an entire Mm -hmm. city. Um, Thousands of lives were lost. And he was one of the few survivors Mm -hmm. of this bombing. And he lost his wife. In a sense, he lost his whole life. His life's work was gone. And he um, had already contracted leukemia prior to the bombing. So he knew, too, his life um, was going to be limited. um, And he was in in kind of the throes of illness already. Mm -hmm. But this incredible testament to what never dies. Mm. But basically his own experience of in the wake of this devastation to settle into and to become aware of this power of God, this reality that there is something in this life that does not die. Right. And that yes, there can be tragedy and destruction and loss and disappointment and sickness and death and yet there is something still that does not die and he held on to that and this in his christian view this was god you know this was rooting himself in the life of god that dwelled within him and forth from this came invincible hope mm. like the writings of takahashi nagai were gripping um his he started writing these books even though he would write them from this little hut he chose a life of poverty he lived simply and he simply and he had he took great pains to even bring this message to life because he himself was very sick a lot of his writings were when he was bedridden mm. and yet the whole world um looked to these words of hope in a sense because everyone was trying to emerge after world war ii i mm-hmm, think mm-hmm. from losses and destruction and in varying degrees and terrible degrees. Mm -hmm. And 
uh, here, I think he wrote a number of books, but just um, wrote so powerfully of the invincible hope uh, that we can still cling to uh, and such a childlike heart. And in this, it was it's fascinating because uh, I was listening to an author talk actually about how he himself, uh, he's not practicing anything in faith. Mm-hmm. And yet objectively as a historian, as he looked at the facts of the resurrection of mm-hmm. Nagasaki, because this is now a flourishing city 70 years later, and it's a bit shocking, actually comes down to one man. Mm-hmm. And this is Takashi Nagai, one man who chose to be and chose to be in God mm-hmm. and chose to remain in that faith and that hope and mm-hmm. that love and the catching force of what that gave to others spiritually, but also because of all the royalties he received from his books, he he poured that into mm-hmm. and designated that towards uh, recovering the city and the life of the city. And even in a sense, you know, he chose a life of poverty so that everyone around him could mm-hmm. live, right? So amazing. So powerful and so unselfish. Mm-hmm. And yet this is the power of being, mm-hmm. actually rooting himself in being in love, uh, in God, yeah, transformed an entire city, actually touched the entire world. yeah. And this is how important each one of us is, yeah. right? One sister in a convent can be perfume, mm-hmm. be a catching force for encouraging her sisters, lifting us all up, mm-hmm. right? One person in a workplace, mm-hmm. one person in a school, mm-hmm. one person in a family who refuses to give up hope. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. Yeah. This is what we're called to. Yeah. And this is what being gives us. It's so true, sister. And I think also like just the witness of his life and that he didn't spend time. So he's there, you know, dying in his hot reading books but he didn't spend time thinking like oh i wish i was a strong man walking around and doing all these things he's like this is my reality right now this is what the lord has allowed and leaning into that into mm-hmm. his identity as son beloved son and it's like it's so true it's like okay I, like i am me like the mm-hmm. lord has made me he's put me in this situation this circumstance um and you're right i want to radiate i want to radiate and root myself and actually the more i root myself in my identity um, and in my being in God, actually, the more it gives permission for others to be and to radiate. Yeah, sister. It's powerful. Like Carol Hauslander says, I just want to quote her again. She says, Awesome book. It's an awesome book. Um, she says, one, one big thing we can do with God's help, we can trust God's plan. We can put aside any quibbling or bitterness about ourselves and what we are. We can accept and seize upon the fact that what we are at this moment, you know, young or old, strong or weak, mild or passionate, is planned to be like that. Uh, end quote. You know, it's it's so awesome. As St. Therese talks about, we're all, you know, these unique flowers in the garden of God. It's like, awesome. I want to claim mm-hmm. that. I want to lean into that. And living this way, right? What is it? What is it like buffer against? What does mm-hmm. it protect us from? It protects us from kind of living a sort of individualism that leads to loneliness, you mm-hmm. know, or to isolation. Mm-hmm. Um it protects us from, you know, compare and despair, right? Mm-hmm. It protects us from constant self-criticism and and kind of self-defeating, <laughs> you know, behavior, mm-hmm. right? Um, why? It's because it's like I'm living actually in reality. Mm-hmm. All those other things are actually not not reality, uh, and it's it's actually so so important. I love what you're saying, sister. Thanks. I love it. I mean, it's so true, and it's so easy, right? Like, in a sense. 
we know we're called a self-gift. Mm-hmm. You know that we've talked about this a lot, that it's being who you are, being in God, claiming the gift that you are, and then mm-hmm. moving to give that gift away in mm-hmm. reverence to self and to others. And as you say, it's like, oh my gosh, if we're just, if we're trying to prove life, you know, prove ourselves in life, mm-hmm. create life for ourselves, it is so exhausting, mm-hmm. right? If we invest all our energy into self-care and, um, you know, maintaining every image and everything else, expectation or otherwise, right? I mean, we can get caught up in this. Uh, it's exhausting, mm-hmm. right? We end up kind of running around in circles. We, we end up feeling defeated. Mm-hmm. As you say, it can kind of lead us into this, self-enclosed, like isolating arena that actually becomes discouraging and despairing because the human person is made in the image and likeness of God, this Trinitarian communion of love. And we we need to keep our hearts open Mm -hmm. to the person in front of us, next to us, all around us. We are a member of the human family, each of us, and we feel it, we feel it. We We feel it when there's struggle and war in uh in a foreign land right Mm -hmm. we feel it when there's injustice happening so it's like this incredible buffer as you're saying this incredible protection uh in a sense that as i pull into being and i claim the gift that i am i don't have to prove it right Mm -hmm. i i can rest in it Mm -hmm. god has made me a unique individual even as a twin this was a particular milestone i think as a twin in my growth and development right Mm -hmm. because you're you're born with another person. Uh, you were in the womb with another person. Right. You come out and you kind of look alike um, until you start growing up a little bit and mm-hmm. there's enough to make distinctions between you and the next person or mom dresses you in one color and the other twin in another color because <laughs> I had a, a twin sister. And we were fraternal, but still. Mm-hmm. And actually learning early on, compare only leads to despair, yeah. right? She's not me and I am not her. Mm-hmm. And if other people approach us with that expectation, or even if I approach life with that expectation or, you know, strange belief, it quickly just blows up in your face, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so this compelling invitation to resting in the gift that you are, um, that you are a unique, unrepeatable individual. You don't have to prove that. You just is. And I think being calls us into the core of that, mm-hmm. you know, and we're able to be all the more free to give the gift, to find the lane where we're called to give that gift, to flourish um, in the little spot that we have, that mm-hmm. little spot in the world <laughs> that we have. Um, yeah. And it brings us into communion because mm-hmm. uh, I think that vertical plane of being in communion with God is so essential to then setting us free to love on the horizontal plane. Because mm-hmm. human relationships, yes, they're beautiful. When they're good, they're really good. And when they're hard, they're really hard. Mm-hmm. And and that will grow us. Mm-hmm. But we'll have courage to step into that growth if we're pulling down love and just that being confirmed by God himself in our goodness, our worth, our value, our beauty. Mm-hmm. And this is what makes life beautiful. It's awesome. Amen. Which I think brings us to our next point, you know, like mm-hmm. how to live this. Yeah. How to live this. And yeah, it actually just made me think of my experience recently going to uh, a big secular women's expo in mm-hmm. Austin. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like not religious. This is just like, you know, normal life, normal people. And we were there with a 
booth and basically just wanting people to experience their beauty and their dignity mm. and sharing that good news. But I was so struck because they had during the expo, so there's like, you know, all these booths and they have these speakers who, who can get up and speak on the stage. And I was so struck by most of the speakers were talking about um, basically self-care and the importance of basically like choose you. Take time every day to choose you. Mm-hmm. Take selfish time every day just to, you know, to recharge. Like we've done enough for other people. Let's choose ourselves now, mm-hmm. you know. And it was it was so interesting because it was like, ah, oh, so much of what they're saying, there's actually truth in. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. But the twist was interesting because it was kind of this me taking care of me, like I'm an island and I need to kind of protect mm-hmm. myself against forces and choose myself mm-hmm. uh, against the threats of others. And I, I mean, there is, yes, of course, there's truth to that in, mm-hmm. in certain, you know, aspects. But it was like, huh, you know, I wonder instead of taking time every day to, you know, me time, choose me time to actually like take time every day to like experience God choosing me time, Amen. you know, and to like actually come into that place of like, wow, he's choosing me at every moment. He's, he's like, if I, if he didn't, if he stopped thinking about me for one fraction of a second, it would be as if I had never existed. Wow, sister. Right. He's choosing me at every moment. And actually to, as you're saying earlier, to like take that time to root ourselves in that, that constant gaze of the father in us, which is giving us our being. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, gosh, I wonder, you know, I'd love to tell people about this because it's, it's, it's needed. And actually it's amazing talking to so many beautiful women throughout the conference. And there's such a, a sense of of uh, emptiness yes, and true. desiring um, to be known, to be seen, to be loved, wanting to be themselves. And so often we can put so much effort in tr- trying to be a certain way or, or um, make ourselves beautiful in a certain way. And actually it's, it's, we're actually forgetting the, the gaze of the Lord, you know, um, who actually, who tells us the truth of who we are and, and our own beauty. Um, and it, yeah, I was just very struck by that experience. It's well, I love it. Like I, I love the idea of, yeah, for me to tap into God choosing me, mm-hmm. right? Rather than the, and me time, almost baptizing it, like be time. I love that. <laughs> because, well, as you're talking, sister, it's like, yes, there, to an extent, it serves as a great good. Yes, mm-hmm. that there should be reverence for ourselves. And there should be, yes, um, there's nothing wrong with um, stepping into our lives as individuals and being agents of of good for mm-hmm. others for ourselves um engaging the gifts and talents that we have yes 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 but if it leads me into these places of self-protection or self-isolation or kind of into the me monster hole mm-hmm. which can happen right that mm-hmm. we can get really kind of stuck in looking insularly looking inside when being actually opens me up into communion with God, dependence on him, mm-hmm. awareness of a presence that I can depend upon. That yes, while an individual um, that needs to act as an agent mm-hmm. uh, in different capacities, and I have someone with me in that action, mm-hmm. right? Which actually makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. I'm not alone. Yeah, I'm not isolated. I'm not an island. There is as uh, Takashi Nagai was aware of, there is something that never dies. There is a presence that I can lean on mm-hmm. in all things, through all things, mm-hmm. even within my own self. Yeah. In the deepest, darkest, most painful hole of my heart, there's someone there with me mm-hmm. if I would look up 
in mm-hmm. faith and look out, right? Yeah. And that's where we can get in trouble. Um, and so even practically speaking, as you're saying, sister, it's like setting aside time to be, right? Like mm-hmm. how do we actually tap into this great power of being and live from it? And I think, I mean, we've talked about all of these all the time because they're such incredible strengths that it's like, yeah, prayer, silence, mm-hmm. uh, solitude, like this being alone with God, mm-hmm. uh, communion, stepping into relationship, uh, beauty, Beauty can mm-hmm. lift our hearts to the Lord and into the bigger beauty of life. Leisure. Again, these are just mm-hmm. throwing things out there just to get us started. I don't know what other practical realities or things you might suggest as to how do I, in the midst of the demands of life, stay anchored in being mm-hmm. in this great strength and power of my soul. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, one thing that comes to mind, which maybe not is not necessarily intuitive in this, but but actually repentance and forgiveness actually help us anchor in being because if you look at the art of being yourself the litmus test of whether that's actually um as god desires is 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 this is is my being myself leading me to greater communion with others and with god and if it's not that would give us cause for pause you know Mm -hmm. like huh something's you know what's happening here because i think there's a reality in which um you know, this kind of rugged individualism that's held up to us so often in the culture Mm -hmm. of like, we are our own island, you know, and and, uh, total autonomy. Like that, that again, that leads to isolation, that leads to loneliness. We're made to be in communion with others. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what repentance does and what forgiveness does actually ensures that we are living in communion with others um, while still being ourselves, while rooting ourselves in the, the reality, I am good, I am loved, I am sacred. Um, and if I have to ask forgiveness or I need to forgive someone, it's actually because I'm made for communion. And part mm-hmm. of actually cultivating my humanity, cultivating the person I am, in order to do that, I actually need to be in communion with others, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you think even medically, right? I was thinking about this this morning. Medically, like we have eyes, ears, mouth, nose, right? There's lots of like, you know, um, intakes in our in our physical bodies, mm-hmm. things that come in and out um, through those places. If something is wrong, if something's blocked, if I can't breathe, what are they going to put a trach, yep. you know, in my, in my neck? If if I can't eat, they're going to put an IV in me or a mm-hmm. GI tube, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's to keep that um, that interaction, that community going. That's right, right. And so we we need that. And so even in our lives, right? So in, in our own life, if we're living in a way that's kind of like this kind of again rugged individualism or mm-hmm. total autonomy, that we're closed off to the world, like we're not hearing, listening, mm-hmm. speaking, like our it's like the Lord in his mercy actually is so often going to actually give us <laughs> a spiritual trach or a spiritual GI, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's through, yeah, something that that's uh, painful or, or um, an experience where, yeah, I need, I need to repent or I need to ask forgiveness mm-hmm. from some, or, or, or I need to forgive someone. And even though there's a painfulness in that, it's actually keeping, um, keeping me alive in, in this communion. Um, because mm-hmm. I'm not, we're not meant to be islands. We're not meant to be alone. And so I, again, I don't know if that all makes sense, but living in Absolutely. radical communion, um, is actually so part and so essential to the art of being myself. Absolutely, sister. Oh, absolutely. And actually, I was thinking, it's not like your first natural, like, wow, I really want to root myself in the depth of who I am and being. I need to repent and forgive. <laughs> okay. But actually, sister, it actually was on my heart as well, even mm-hmm. before you started talking about it, that it keeps that cardiovascular system flowing, mm-hmm. that spiritual cardiovascular system. And because let's face it too, 
when we've done wrong or we've been wronged, oh, our being feels that. Mm -hmm. And finding a way towards reconciling it and finding that resonance and harmony of being in communion Mm -hmm. and the fact that as Christians, that gate is always possible to Mm -hmm. walk through, like through Mm -hmm. the power of Jesus Christ. And here it is, okay, two books that you must read towards, (laughs) yeah, actually practically being able to just be at rest and at peace within yourself. Mm -hmm. First, choosing forgiveness, uh, it was, it's been written, it's just out. It was written by Dr. Timothy Locke and Father Thomas Berg. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Really combining their wisdom and combining, like synthesizing the psychological with the spiritual. Mm-hmm. It is such an excellent book and walkthrough on forgiveness and really opening up your heart uh, towards this this peace and, and rest that God wants us to find mm-hmm. and discover within ourselves. But because we're living in a broken world, we need this. We need forgiveness. We need every year to read a book on forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That we don't want to lose our nerve and our courage in moving out in this way, moving out of ourselves, moving out in love towards another, seeking to, to reconcile in a relationship. But Choosing Forgiveness, it's an incredible book and it's just out. I think um, Sunday Visitor is the publisher and really worth a read and you know get a couple for your friends and so you can all do it together um Mm -hmm. (laughs) the second book that i know recently has really helped me in the course of a day to like remember who i am before god and to live in in a sense from the full gift of myself not kind of in a state of emergency or crisis or one thing to the next but actually like no i want to move as a whole person from point a to point b Mm -hmm. and i live so much better and actually i give so much more of myself when i do is actually i stumbled across a uh, artist slash author uh his name is charlie uh mckessie I i don't know if i'm saying his last name correctly But he wrote a book uh, called The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. And again, I I don't think the publishers even expected that it would have been such a huge, (laughs) incredible hit. Um, But it's it's sold millions of copies, especially Mm -hmm. during this time of the pandemic. And it is absolutely wonderful. Like I, I hadn't even read the book. I just saw one of the images and phrases that was in the book and it stopped me. Mm. And I actually immediately said, I actually have to put this, you know, you can put a quote or something on your email. Mm-hmm. I'm like only to help others to slow down and be, because it immediately brought me into the heart of my heart. It immediately mm. got me in touch with uh, the childlikeness of my own heart and close to the powers that reside in that place Mm -hmm. and the freedom to kind of pull back and say, what is life really about, you know, as your mid stride in the day. And it is, it is really beautiful. I really recommend the book. I recommend it sharing it with your friends in the sense that uh, it's a gift in the world of art Mm -hmm. that can be a practical help actually. Mm -hmm. Cause I think beauty is an incredible way to lift our hearts to God. It's so powerful. I love that. I love that. Um, And we need it. We always need to be taking in the truth of who we are, you know? Mm-hmm. So before we go, do you have any challenges, thoughts? You know, I think simply, sister, as we talk about being, the power of being, taking time to be aware of this reality, you know, the powers of the soul, right? We're body and soul. My encouragement would simply be to pray for the grace of a childlike heart, mm. a childlike heart, right? 
A childlike heart is carefree and trusting. It sees the big picture, has the capacity to, to wonder. There's a hope, a deep hope that springs from a childlike heart. There's a faith, a willingness to depend, a willingness to welcome the strengths of others, to bend to the weaknesses of others, and to pray for that grace, mm-hmm. to be childlike, to be a true child of God, so that you can enter into the kingdom, not just at the end of your life, but in every moment of mm-hmm. the life you live on the way. I love that. That's yeah. so beautiful. What about you, sister? Um, I would say uh, just, I guess, a challenge to... um Make a resolution today as you're listening to this um, that anytime you're tempted to discouragement or to comparison, um, to actually reject it because that's cool. it's not of the Lord. Reject it and replace it with praise. Jesus, I just want to thank you for making me me. Lord, I want to thank you for the gifts you've given me. Lord, I want to praise you for your goodness, whatever it is. That's awesome. But actually just to reject those two things, discouragement and comparison, because actually they just lead to nothing. They lead to sadness. Amen. And it actually does not, it, it's it's uh, counter the art of becoming yourself. So, Amen. So yeah, root yourself in in the Lord and his love, his His gaze. That sounds awesome, sister. Yeah. Love it. Thanks. I'm going to do it right now. me too amen as we close with a prayer what do you think sounds awesome put a praise on it amen amen name of the father and the son the holy spirit amen father we thank you and we praise you for your love for your goodness for sharing your life with us we ask for every grace to follow the the life of your holy spirit to be led into life to let go of every spirit contra the spirit of disquiet and restlessness, the spirit of despair, of discouragement, the spirit of fear, of distrust. Uh, in your name, Jesus, uh, we cast and throw them to the foot of the cross. We ask you to win your victory in them and that you would bring to us and into our hearts the spirit of peace and freedom, of love, of self-control, of faith, and of light. We thank and praise you, Father, for all the ways that you'll care for us in and through this day. And we simply say, glory be to the Father, Father, to to the the Son, and to the the Holy Spirit, Spirit, as as it was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and ever ever shall be, world without end. Amen. God bless and keep all of you. Be well. See you next time. This was Let Love Podcast with the Sisters of Life, a religious community of women consecrated for the protection of the sacredness of human life. Be assured of our prayers and learn more at sistersoflife.org.